Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Valley Point Church, I already miss meeting with you. I do. Giving talks to a mostly empty room is not quite the same as what we get to experience on most Sundays. It's necessary right now, though, as we walk through the impact of COVID-19. We, just like every other organization, are monitoring events. We are also listening and praying through how best to respond. Please pray for your church, our church, as we walk through these days. And do this. Pay special attention to updates through email, our website, and our social media channels. Even in the midst of this, we are absolutely committed to our mission of pointing people to real relationships and real significance. How do we do that? Well, we worship, we connect, and we go. All three of those things can still happen even if we don't meet in person. On our website right now, is a detailed plan for how all of us can engage, which I think is really important. So please go to the website, check it out, and let's be bright lights together. And do this, invite other people to join you. If you have a family member or friend who is looking to serve in some way, share the website and our plan with them. One of the great parts of the plan is our love day for Urban Promise in Wilmington. We are still going to collect items for them, and you can read all about that online. Share that information with others and invite them into the joy of unleashing generosity. I am so proud of the way you are responding, Valley Point. Continue to pray. Continue to do what you can to serve others. Continue to be full of joy. And know, please know, you are loved. Let's pray. And then we'll begin our new theme. Father, your word tells us that this is the day you have made. We are to rejoice and be glad in it. God, today we choose joy. We choose joy. And help us to do that tomorrow and throughout this week as well. Give us a great time now online as we think about this new theme and the importance of one. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You are the light of the world. This is a phrase we are using throughout 2020 to help us consider what God wants for us. He wants us to shine. He wants us to impact others. He wants us to shine for everyone We want to do more than just think about what God wants for us. We want our stories to be lived expressions of the story of Jesus. We begin a new two-week theme today called One. I believe this is something that will help us explore the adventure of sharing the most fabulous gift with our One. So please, get those talk notes ready, which you can download from our website. I want you to keep filling in blanks, even when we're meeting online. So here we go. Here's our big idea for today. Living the story of Jesus involves viewing people from God's perspective. Here's the challenge. 
we tend to view people from our perspective, don't we? That's normal. And look, we can have some good days, right? We have good days where we love people. We have good days where we respect others. We have good days when we're kind. And then there are the other days, right? And that can be frustrating, this back and forth. Well, here's the deal. When I can continually view people from God's perspective, it opens up a new way of living. With your Bible or your device, I want you to find Luke's gospel in chapter 15. Luke's in the New Testament. If you find Matthew in your Bible, that's the first book of the New Testament. The next book is Mark. After that, it's Luke. Luke chapter 15. And here's what verse 1 says. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. An an observation here. Jesus hung out with the wrong crowd. He did. Think about that. Jesus hung out with the wrong crowd, and religious people didn't like it. Maybe we should hang out with the wrong crowd more often. Maybe. The text also talks about tax collectors and notorious sinners. Here's what we need to know about these individuals. They were excluded from the religious community. The text also talks about Pharisees and teachers of religious law. These are the spiritual and religious people. One scholar stated it this way, Pharisees and legal teachers did not consider it proper to eat with those excluded from the religious community. Intimate table fellowship connoted acceptance. We have to keep the setting in mind here because it lends richness to these stories that Jesus shares. Now, verse 4 and the parable of the lost sheep. Here's what it says. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. What happens next is Jesus continues with a story about a lost coin. Verse 8. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Lost sheep, lost coin. Interestingly, Jesus turns the conversation to people now with the parable of the lost son. 
here's what verse 11 says. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Now, here's what we need to know about that. A son asking for his inheritance early, it's unheard of in antiquity. That really doesn't even happen much today, but it was really unusual for this time. That setup would have caught everyone's attention. Like, wow, this is interesting. A usual response would be for the father to disinherit the son. You're out. That's not going to happen. You can't have the inheritance. Well, what happens next, and you can read this in verses 13 through 19, is that the father gave the younger son his share of the inheritance. The son left and squandered what had been given to him. He lost it all on what Luke calls wild living, which I'm sure you can picture. And he's left with nothing. Absolutely nothing. The dream is over for him. He's homeless and hungry. He has nothing. And here's what verse 20 tells us. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. Now, a cultural thought here. It was a breach of an elderly Jewish man's dignity to run. Love is taking over here and causing the father to act in unusual ways. The father ran to his son. Again, something that he really shouldn't have been doing, but he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Three stories, back to back to back, that Jesus shares. We don't actually know if Jesus shared these parables as a set of three, but this is how Luke, the author, records them for us. Three stories, three parables shared by Jesus that have a theme. They're great stories. Okay, here's some thinking points from the text for us. Number one, when something valuable is lost, it warrants, even demands, an extensive search. It's worth it. Number two, when a valuable item is found, rejoicing follows. There's happiness. I can remember recently, I lost a book in my house, and it was a book that I wanted to read. I needed to look at it, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I looked in every room on all of the shelves. I asked Tanya about the book. I asked my kids, and 
Nobody knew where the book could be found. So I continued searching because I really wanted it. And wouldn't you know, I found it buried in a box. It was at the very bottom as well. And so as I pulled out all of these other books and I found the book, I found the book that I had been searching for, there was great rejoicing. I was happy because when a valuable item is found, rejoicing follows. There's happiness and I was really happy to find that book. Thinking point number three, people matter to God. People matter to God. Now, in the chapter, we have a sheep and a coin as part of the point, but more words are given to the description of the human-to-human interaction in verses 11 through 32. Ten verses are given to describing the lost sheep and the lost coin. Twenty-two verses are given to describing the looking for the lost son. This is just speculation, but perhaps... Jesus is reinforcing his love for people. Throughout scripture, we come to understand that people matter to God. Scripture refers to those who have yet to come into a loving relationship with Jesus as wandering like sheep without a shepherd. And in a real sense, God is on an all-out search to rescue what he loves. People, that's why In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, and in Matthew chapter 18, verse 11, it says, Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost. Jesus, on an all-out search to rescue. One final thinking point. If you have trusted in Jesus alone, you have hope. And that hope should shine forth from us. Because... No one takes a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone. Three takeaways. Here we go. Number one, remind yourself that God really loves people. That should help us. Number two, remind yourself that even in the midst of unusual circumstances, which that's our life right now, God wants you to share his love. And then number three, extend an invite. Now, this may seem like a strange takeaway since we're not publicly meeting right now and we can't really invite. But think about this. You can invite others to watch online. You can invite others to participate in our love day. You can invite others to pray for the vulnerable and medical professionals, and first responders, and government leaders. And think about this. At some point, we will meet again. And I want us to be thinking about who we want to bring with us. Think now and prepare now. Because living the story of Jesus involves viewing people from God's perspective. Let's keep doing that in the days to come. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for Luke 15 and these three stories that you shared that just help us to think about what matters to you. God, in each story, something was lost. 
that had great value to the person searching for it. And when that item was found, there was great rejoicing. God, this is how you think about people. And so I would pray and ask, God, in the days to come, as we walk through these unusual circumstances, as we continue to meet online as a church, that you would help us to be thinking about being bright lights for everybody around us because everyone matters. Everyone matters. God, help us to keep thinking about our one, that one person we want to reach, that one person we want to be a bright light for in life. Help us to keep pursuing them and serving them. God, again, we thank you for what we have discovered today. Bless us as a church. Keep us safe, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.